how's everybody doing this morning? Let me hear where you're at. Happy people. This side, how you feeling? This side, how you feeling? Come on over here. How you going? Middle, how you doing? <laughs> Come on. Oh, I'm so excited to be in church today. I love the fall. I'm so, I, I, we've been leaning in in the fall and I just want to take a moment, as we always do, and celebrate a little bit of what's going on both in the church as well as what we're doing beyond these walls right now. First of all, I want to celebrate that uh, behind the scenes right now, there is a lot of work going into our At The Movie series. It's going to be the best thing we've ever done as a church. Like, it's going to be off the chain. It's going to be a party. It's going to be fun. It's like we are endeavoring to answer the question, how much fun can you have in church? That is At The Movies. And here's the reason we're doing a series called At The Movies. It's a, it's a series for people that are close to you but far from God. It's a series for people who think church isn't for them. It's a series for your family member that's like, I just don't think church is all that relevant. And I kind of grew up and it was really boring. Like we really, we've designed this not for you as much as for that person that's close to you but far from God. So grab these invites that are in your seat this morning. And just to hype you up, like I don't want to share all the stuff that's going on. It's going to be crazy. There's lots, there's lots that's coming that you're going to be excited about. So I'm not going to give any of those secrets away, but the guys are going to show a little preview because it's at the movies, right? You need a preview. So let's hit that. Hello. Hi, everybody, and welcome. Excuse me. Woo. Gentlemen, do you know what time it is? It's time. Time for what? Something big. Something so big. <laughs> Were you scared? Tell me honestly. Do you want to know what it is at the movies? What? At the movies. What's that? Very good movies. Movies? I haven't been to the movies in ages. Mm-mm. This is for church. At the movies. Church. Movies. Church. Movie. Church meeting. Movies. Inconceivable. Room made in heaven. Let's all go to the movies. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. I told you, it's going to be good. Grab those invites. You might want to grab some more. As Pastor Choi said, uh, in order to make room for all your guests, we're moving to two services, so don't forget that. Can't wait for that. I also want to celebrate not just what's going on at church and upcoming at church, but I want to celebrate what you're doing outside of these walls, that this is now the third week in a row we've gotten to celebrate that we've been a part of helping to start a brand new church in Canada. Come on. Just beyond what we can even see that we've got influence. And a number of months ago, pastors Ben and Emma Naramayan came and they brought their launch team to Resonate so they could watch us set up and have a service. And uh, we're now 19 months into Resonate Church. And so they wanted to see how we go about doing things. So we not only had a chance to, to give them some practical advice and, and, and coaching, but we also had the chance because of your faithful giving to invest in them as well financially. And so today in the great city of North Vancouver, a brand new life-giving church is launching called Avant Life Church. And you are a part of that. So go ahead, give yourselves a round of applause today. 
influence beyond what we can even see. And that's the last time we'll celebrate uh, being a part of uh, ARC, the Association of Related Churches that we connect in with. And we're starting churches all over Canada. And we'll be starting some more in the new year. But that's the last one for the fall. So excited about that and our good friends over there in North Vancouver. Now, as Pastor Troy said, this is week three of, of our Asking for a Friend series. And if this upcoming series at the movies is about how much fun could you have in church, I would say this series is the more, uh, let's deal with some serious issues in the house of God. Because we've all got some questions and things that we wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable asking people about. And so in week one, we, we, we pressed into this topic that I really think is, has been uh, at the forefront of the media and our, our culture this year which is, what do we do with depression? How can we handle depression? Now, as we, we talked about in that series, now as one in 10 Canadian adults is, is on antidepressants, and the rate at which we're medicating through depression is rapidly accelerating in our nation. So if you're interested in that message, of course, you can go and check that out on our podcast or on our website. And then in week two, we, we didn't we just want to talk about uh, the difficulties we feel inside. Last week, we talked about how do I deal with the difficulties in some other people? And so we answered the question, or we did our best to answer the question from Scripture, how do I deal with difficult people? And we even talked for a bit in that message on abuse. And again, another big topic in our culture right now. Now today, another important question, and it really fits into this asking for a friend idea, because we really wouldn't want to admit, a lot of us don't want to admit that we struggle with this one, and it's how can I deal with stress? How can I deal... Now, recently, Rach and I, uh, every now and then, every two, three years, we have a stressful day in our house. So we had one recently. <laughs> Rach and I and were having a, trying to have a conversation in the kitchen first thing in the morning, and then one of our children was off in the washroom, and they were screaming, um, I'm not going to go potty unless you read me a book. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like talking to your mom right now, and so you're going to be there for a while. Just hold on to that. You're fine. Because I was dealing with a little bit of a stressful situation, I felt like in my life, and I'm like, I, I'm a words of affirmation guy, so I just like, I need, I need to talk to Rach, I need to talk, you will hold it. And, uh, and so then I was trying to tell my little tale of woe to Rachel, but she's trying to get ready for work, and so she's, she's like rushing around, and she's, she's, honestly, she wasn't listening. I mean, let's just be honest. So I'm not listening to this child, and she's not listening to me. And then our other child uh, just was like, well, if we're all melting down, I don't want to miss this. Like, so, so, so she sprawled out on the floor, on the, on the wooden floor of the kitchen, as if she was uh, trying to body surf the floor and just started kicking and, and, and doing her arms like this and just scream. I, we don't even know what she was screaming about. She just knew that it was time to melt down. Let's do this. Some time to time, there's some stress in our house and stress in all of our lives. For me as a, as a parent, oftentimes it's, it's stress in the parenting space. But here's something I feel more than just the stress of, of parenting. One of the things I feel the most is a desire as a dad to keep my kids from having to deal with stress. See, as a dad, I really at times want to do everything I can to, to keep my young innocent, the world is a playground girls from ever having to experience stress in this life. Well, that day, that bubble was sort of burst for me as Rachel was driving to work. I was actually on the phone with her as I was still trying to tell her my tale of 
and she got telling me something of the challenges and stresses in her. Oh, she still doesn't know what I'm going through. Like still, no idea. Uh, I'm going to tell her at some point. But uh, so she's telling me some stuff that she's going through. And, and from the back seat, our four-year-old Avia could hear just a little bit of concern in mommy's voice. And I couldn't believe it from the back seat. She said, mommy, are you nervous? The day that I've been dreading is the day when my kids would feel that the world is difficult. And I want to keep my kids from that sort of stress. Can I, can I tell you something this morning? You've got a heavenly father that, that loves you and is mindful of you right now. It, right where you're at today in this moment, your heavenly father knows where you are, is mindful of you, and is reaching towards you. But what we see in the Bible, and what we definitely feel in the experience of our lives, is God's not the same kind of parent I am, and that God does not always try to shelter you from the difficulties of life, but what we see is that we serve a God who has given us a strategy in his word for how we can stand right in the middle of stressful situations and have his peace in our lives. God's not trying to shelter you from the struggle at times, he will allow you to walk through some things, but he's going to give you a strategy for his word. And I want to unpack that with you this morning. And I want to go uh, to Acts chapter 16 this morning. In Acts chapter 16, there's a story that if you've been around church for a while or, or you know the Bible a, a little bit, that you'll probably know this story. It's about a couple of guys named Paul and Silas. And at the lead up to the verse that I want to read to you, the Bible tells us that they had been attacked, they had been beaten. In fact, the Bible says that they had inflicted many blows upon them. And after being attacked and after being beaten, they get thrown into prison. And so you can already tell this morning that this is not going to be the how do I avoid stress in my life message. That's not at all what today is. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. So, so often in our lives, the joy of this life is not the avoidance or even the minimization of stress or pain or challenge. It's the reward on the other side of those things. And so what we need is a strategy to walk through the stresses of this life. And so the Bible says about Paul and Silas, after they had been beaten and attacked and thrown into prison, verse 25 of Acts 16 says, about midnight, Paul and Silas, again, attacked, beaten, thrown in prison. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. I don't think you can fake peace in a prison. I don't think that, that prison is a place where you're able to sing unless you've got a strategy to deal with some stress. And so I want to look at Paul's life. I want to look at four things we see in the life of the Apostle Paul that were perhaps his strategy. Because you've got to have some strength in your heart to be able to walk into that kind of stress and to be singing. Four things God has given you to deal with stress in your lives. And the first one is something that we talk about all the time around here. The first one is I believe that the Apostle Paul understood and knew very well what his purpose was in this life. The way we see it around here is that you know, we say it in next steps. We say in week number two, it's all about discovering your purpose. That's why we're so passionate about next steps, is that you'd have a place to discover the purpose of God on your life because 90% of Christians don't know why God, don't know, sorry, the gift that God put on their life. And we're passionate that you would know that because that helps to reveal to you your purpose. We're passionate that you would discover your purpose. Now, the Apostle Paul, I believe, knew 
his, his purpose. He said this in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. It's like his mission statement. He says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. So he knows his purpose. Here's my purpose. It's just, it's just telling people about the grace of God. If there's only one thing that my life is, is heading towards, it's testifying to the grace of God. Paul knows his purpose. And so I believe the reason he was able to endure prison with the peace of God in his life is he understood that the thing that got him into prison was fulfilling God's purpose on his life. Now, if you were to ask me, what are kind of three stressful places for you? I would say, number one, high school. High school was, thank you, Jesus. I don't have to go back to high school. I know we're in a high school right now. I know of someone who's relatively new to our church that goes to high school here, and I'm like, that's a traumatic thing to have to do on a weekend, just to go back to your high school, but God is redeeming it, right? Gabriel, glory to God. For your sake, Sunday redeems this place for you. High school. Second would be, for me, stressful places. Second for for me would be prison, which is essentially, I hear, a lot like high school. And then thirdly... Thirdly, you know, for me, that, one of the most stressful seasons I had was when I couldn't get a job at a university. I think we could agree that, you know, it's not an, a generalization to say those are pretty stressful places. But Paul is singing in the midst of one of the most stressful places you could be in. The Bible says this. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there's no vision, the people perish. And I like to say it this way. If you don't know why God has you on the planet, you are going to burn out and stress out chasing a dream that isn't God's dream for your life. You see, the answer to stress in our walk of faith in the Christian life is not like to dream small, think little, and try and run away from any situation that could cause us stress in our lives. No, not at all. The answer to stress is actually understanding your purpose so that when you're in the middle of the stress, you can say, well, I'm clearly where God wants me to be. And when I'm where he wants me to be, I can rest that God is with me up in this place. Paul and Silas at midnight are singing praises to God. you got to know your purpose if you're going to stand in the middle of stress with a little bit of peace. There's a purpose for so many arenas of your life. There's, for many of us, there's a provision purpose. You need to provide for your family. There's, there's a nurturing purpose. You need to be present. You know, I, I want to be so present for our girls growing up. And, and the third that's on the way, girl or boy, we don't know. And so there's three. I just want to be present for my family, but I'm also going to provide for my family. And then there's a kingdom purpose. And I think any one of us burns out when we pursue one of those purposes to the neglect of any of the others. If you're just pursuing the making money provision purpose and you're neglecting the nurturing of your family, I think eventually at some point you're going to burn out because you don't have that balance of the purposes of your life. You could also pursue money and family at the exclusion of the call of God on your life and burn out, missing out on a big part of how God made you to feel alive because on the other side of some of that stress and some of that challenge of building the kingdom of God is, I believe, the greatest joys that we have in this life. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. And so we need to know our purpose in all these areas of our lives so that we can hold on in the midst of some stress. One of the first things in Paul's strategy for stress is he knows his purpose. But then there's a second thing I think we see in the Apostle Paul's life for his strategy for stress. And it's really related to purpose. And it's this, it's clarity. Clarity. I mean, He had some clarity in his his role. 
In fact, what we find is when you look at the letters he wrote to churches throughout the New Testament, you'll find that almost all of them he starts the same way, Paul, an apostle. He didn't just know his purpose of testifying to grace. He knew his role within that purpose. I know in my own life there have been times, pastoral confession, where I have allowed stress to get just so crippling it almost shut me down. In fact, one of the most recent times was when we were getting ready to start Resonate Church in the six months. I said that like Avia says it. Resonate Church on Saturday night. What are we doing tomorrow? Resonate Church. In the six months before we launched the church, so this is now almost exactly two years ago, I found myself just almost debilitated by stress. And the warning sign for me was that I was just getting sick all the time. It was almost like, and Pastor Troy can attest to this, and and, and Rachel and my wife Rachel, like, I was sick almost that whole winter. And so I went to this naturopath. I'm like, I got to figure out how to to get my immune system back back up to running. And so I went and I sat with this naturopath, and she asked me about my diet, what are you eating, and what's your life look like, and what's your schedule look like. And so I walked her through all those things, and we get to the end of the hour, and she said to me, you know, I think the reason you're getting sick all the time is that is that you've got a lot of stress in your life. And I'm like, well, this isn't the way this is supposed to go. Like, you're supposed to tell me to eat more kale or something. Like, like, you can't tell me to not be carrying stress. It's like, I honestly felt like it was like she was, if I was to look at my phone and be like, stop being an iPhone. That's what I felt like. You know what I mean? It's like, don't you understand? Like, I like running full tilt. I like going full on. I just, I go for things. I go all in. And, And so I actually couldn't receive that, that she was saying to me, it was going to actually take some time for God, by his spirit, out of a place of prayer to bring me to a place of correction. You see, I had my purpose right. I knew that we were called to start this church. What I didn't understand was the limitations of the role that God had called me to. Now, I've watched, you know, I, I should have this figured out. I've watched my dad all my life, and, and my dad is amazing at this. My dad, I, he's just always known his role. And if you know my dad, how many people would know who Woody is? Let me see, Yeah. Some of you know my dad, and you didn't just raise your hand, and I'm just confused. Why, like, you just, let's try, like, it's like, I think, I think I've seen you hang out with my dad, and I didn't see your hand go up, so maybe you don't, like, just, maybe you know him, and you don't know that we're related. We look exactly the same. Anyways. <laughs> Woody. God bless him. He works hard, right? I mean, Woody, um, you, you can't slow that man down. You like if he's got something to do on a Sunday morning, he will run your child over to get it done. Like he will. <laughs> I love my dad, and my dad he goes he goes that all out. But what amazes me is that my dad has never burnt out running it at that pace. And what amazes my dad, I think he just is very clear about his role. And ever since I was like, you know, old enough to remember, my dad has has called himself the same thing. He said like I. You know, when it comes to my calling, he said, I'm a wheel greaser. And it's this most beautiful, humble calling that my dad wants to do. You know the thing that gives my dad the greatest joy? My dad's greatest joy is doing the things that none of the rest of you want to do. It's just like it gives him the most, he is most fulfilled doing the jobs that people would think are the least jobs. It brings him, and I love this about the kingdom of God. We need one another. And God puts something on your life that's so specific. And I think he can run that hard and do all that he does 
Because he doesn't have the stress of trying to do it all. He just knows what he's called to do. And it wasn't until I had a revelation in my own life, once we started the church, that I was called to pastor. And I was called to be a spiritual father. And I needed to let go of some of the other roles and responsibilities that I thought were mine to carry. The apostle Paul, he, he, he starts his letters, he says, Paul, an apostle. He knew he wasn't the treasurer. He knew he wasn't the kid's director. He knew he wasn't the worship leader. He even knew he wasn't the pastor. Now, he knew his responsibility was to start some new churches, raise up some new leaders, move on and do it in another city, and be available by telegraph or however it worked when things in the church would eventually get really difficult, which they would, and someone would send him a letter and say, like, you know, this, our church is all of a sudden really messed up, and they would know that they would need his apostolic leadership to how to deal with a situation that even the pastor, come on, somebody, this is all in the Bible, right, didn't know what to do with. Read, read through the book of First and Second Corinthians. Find out some of the stuff that was going on in that church. You think we've got problems. Glory to God. They had it difficult. People were just, anyways, we're not going to go there. Right now, he understood that's my responsibility. I start churches, I raise leaders, and I answer questions they don't yet know what to deal with. He was apostolic. He knew the definition of his role. Come on, somebody, you're going through something right now that's stressful. You're a young professional, or you're a new mom, or you're a business owner, or whatever the case may be. Wherever you're at in your life, you're a student. You've got a role that God is gracing you for in this season. And again, the answer to stress in our lives is not to pull back from the weight of that responsibility. The answer is, number one, to say, hey, if I end up in prison, if I'm doing the will of God, I know what I was called to do. I know you're right here with me. See, Paul knew that testifying to the gospel of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, he knew a lot of people did not want to hear that message. So he understood that there was a risk and a cost to the purpose on his life. So when he's in prison, it's like, well, this is just part of the package. I saw this coming. <laughs> this doesn't surprise me. I knew you would hate this message. It's too good for your religious traditions. He understood there was a risk, and he also stood, understood the limitations of his role. I'm an apostle. I'm going to do what I'm called to do. Now we get to the third thing that I see in in Paul's strategy for stress. And this is the one I am, I'm so pumped to share with you this morning. I, I, I've been praying this week because I re, like when it comes to stress, you don't need a message. Like you, you've got all kinds of tips and tricks for dealing with stress in your life and you're still stressed out. Please understand, you don't need a message today. You need the Holy Spirit to come, right? Right where you are today. You need God to meet with you today. You need, you need God to speak to some things in your life. You need God to just breathe life right to where you are. Come on, we serve a life-giving God. Watch what we see here from the Apostle Paul. He says this in Romans chapter, I, I can't break, so we start with purpose, we get to clarity. I can't get this one down to a word. Here's what this one really is. God's given you the ability to set your mind on some new stuff. To set your mind on some new stuff. Watch this. This is Paul writing to the church in Rome. He says, listen, for those of you who live according to the flesh, you set your minds on the things of the flesh. But then there's those of you, you're living according to the Spirit. And what do you do? They set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Come on, say that. Set your mind. Say, set your minds. Say, say set my mind. Set my mind. God has given you the ability to take your mind that is right over here thinking, I'm so stressed out, and, and pick it up and walk it over here to the things of the Spirit. So over here, most of us live our lives letting our minds be run by 
our minds. I'm stressed, I'm exhausted, I'm overwhelmed, I'm not gonna make it, the thoughts of the flesh. But God has given you the ability to pick up your mind and walk it on over here to think the thoughts of the Spirit. You see, what the Spirit is thinking is the Spirit right now is breathing life into creation. So the Spirit is thinking, I want to breathe life into you, Sam. I want to breathe life into you, Brittany. I want to breathe life into you, Leah. The Spirit is, is breathing life into creation. So you're over here thinking, I'm so stressed out. The Spirit's over here. Come on, just bring your, bring your thoughts right over here. I'm breathing life into creation. You're over here thinking, I'm not going to make it. And, and God's given you the ability to pick up your mind and walk it over here and put it on this place where you understand the Spirit is saying the power of God that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is available for you today in the midst of your situation. Come on, somebody. God doesn't rescue you out of your stress. He gave you the ability to pick up your mind and take it off of your thoughts and put it onto his. Come on, can I get an amen this morning? Come on, how many are glad in this place that you don't have to stay stuck in thinking like the flesh thinks? You have to think like everybody else thinks. No, God, when you wake up tomorrow, and you're thinking about your to-do list, just be like, hang on a minute, to-do list, I'll get back to you in a moment, but I'm just gonna walk my mind right over here and think about what the Spirit of God wants to do in my life today. It's not the abandonment of understanding that there's some difficult things in your world. You know, I hear this all the time. People say like, you know, pastor, I find it really hard to find time to pray. You know how much time you would have in your day if you could get rid of the negative thoughts that keep you stuck ruminating for hours on things that aren't from God? Like, you think, like, I don't have time to pray. Oh my goodness, if you could just get over here and get some of the breath of the Spirit in your life, I promise you, you'll be so much more productive. Because over here, you're just thinking, I'm stuck. But over here, you're thinking, I'm moving forward. Over here, you're just thinking, I'm on my own. Over here, you're like, I'm with the Spirit of God. Over here, you're just thinking, I'm never going to get to any place different. Over here, you're realizing, no, God's got me on a trajectory to do something great for his kingdom. There's a purpose to my life. I've got a role. And the Spirit of God is breathing life into me to get it done today. Come on, somebody. That's why you start your day with prayer. How good is our God? Man, I look at this and I'm like, my parenting is so messed up. I just want to protect you from stress. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you on the potty for a long time, girl, because, you know, you're going to be fine. You, got, you just change your mindset, lift your mind off of the potty and put it on the things. Anyways. <laughs> Am I painting a picture, really, of, like, of our home life? It's the pastor that you want to listen to for 30 minutes a week. Like, is this, is this helpful for you? I was telling a friend that I was going to preach on this week. I was walking him through a couple of my illustrations. He's like, you, you tell your church a lot about your life. I'm like, I actually do. I think I'm going to roll it back a little bit. <laughs> I think he thought it was a good thing. I don't know. I didn't ask. Anyways. So God, God gives you purpose. And, and he gives you, he's got a role for you, and he's given you this incredible ability to think thoughts. Give, can I give you one more today? Hebrews 4. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his work as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest.
I want to come back to this idea that we talked about in the depression message, that God understands how he made you. That God, yes, he made you spirit, and he wants you thinking the things of the spirit. Yes, he made you soul, and he gave you a mind, and he gave you the ability to lift that. But he also made you a physical body, and it's got some limitations. And so I believe one of the things in God's strategy for stress was to say that you should start your week off resting your body from a posture and place of trust that you could do more in six days with my help than seven on your own. It's the same with the principle of the tithe. God is saying, you know, if you would trust me with your finances, I would do more with your 90 than you can do with your 100. With your week, I, I can do more through your six than you can do through your seven. And I'm not talking about a legalistic Sabbath. The Apostle Paul, he's actually the guy who said in Colossians 2 that the Sabbath and special events and days and the law itself was a, was a, a shadow of the things to come, the substance of which was Christ. So I'm not talking about you, you got to have your Sabbath to be a moralistic person and get closer to God. That's not it at all. I'm talking about the principle of the Sabbath that God put in place at the very beginning of creation when he said, hey, you know what I want from you more than anything is trust. Start your week showing up at church at 9.30 or 11.15 with your hands raised, leaning into the goodness and presence of God because your body is tired and you're feeling run down and you need to come into the presence of God. And then you need to go home, and yeah, you've got a lot of things to do, but you know what you should do? Because you've, because you've found some rest in the presence of God, and your mind is not gonna be stressed and worried, meaning that you need to even add hours to the amount of sleep you need. Come on, somebody. If you just step into the peace and presence of God, I, I promise you it is going to give you time in your week. Enough time that you can go home on a Sunday afternoon and have yourself a nap. Why? Because out of the peace of God, you are going to be so productive. You, I, listen, on Friday afternoon, I was writing this message. I was nowhere near as complete as it needed to be. You know what I did? I went and I took a nap in my work day. Glory to God. Don't fire me as your pastor. You couldn't anyways. Anyways. Why? Because God is going to give you the ability to crush the game when he comes first in everything. I want my girls to be able to hit this life and I would wish with all of my heart that they would never have to leave the place where the earth is a playground and all we do is party and have fun, that they'd never have to grow up and feel the pains and stresses of this life. Sometimes I wish I could protect them from that. I thank God that we serve a God who is so good that in the midst of those difficulties and in the midst of those struggles, he promises to give them a purpose that will add meaning to their lives. And he promised to put a role on them. I know God made them specifically to change lives in this world, to be leaders, to be influencers. There's a role and a call for them. I'm thankful that God gave them the ability when they feel nervousness or they see it in mom and dad, that I can teach them, hey, you know what you could do? You can actually take your mind and put it on the things of the spirit. Because right now, Come on, right now, there's a place in the spirit that is life and peace. So God, I thank you for your presence in this place right now, God. Come on, church all over the room, let's stand. Because we need more than a message today. 
Some of you are thinking, man, take a rest. That's like telling your iPhone to not be an iPhone. I don't know if I can do this. Come on. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you would lead us to a place of rest, God. God, let's worship. Come on, church. Come on, let's lift our hands up in this place. Lean into a posture of, of trust and faith Jesus in our God. Is yes, God. Have you come to the edge of yourself? Do you thirst for the drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness.
and your eyes closed for a moment because maybe you're in this place today and you don't just need to trust God with a little bit of your week you need to trust him with your whole life you'd say yeah pastor that's me would you I'm going to need a place of prayer this morning to surrender my life to Jesus if that's you in this place this morning I want to give you a moment of response and opportunity to give your life to Jesus in this place So in a moment, we're going to pray a prayer. We're not going to send you out or embarrass you, call you to the front. No, this is just a moment between you and God in this place. The Bible says that salvation is a free gift given in response to faith. So you don't need to do anything to get God to love you. You just need to receive His forgiveness and His mercy, which He purchased for you on the cross of Jesus Christ. You'd say, Pastor, today, I don't want to live my life anymore without God in my life and His purposes in my life. Today, I want to wholly surrender my life to Jesus. And as I say every week, I'm not just talking about like there's a little bit of, it's been a bit of a bad week. I mean, you know, you either have never surrendered your life to Jesus or that you've chosen to walk away from him. And today you're coming back. If that's you in this place, on the count of three, would you shoot your hand up today? Because you've got a God that loves you and is drawing you and calling you to a place where you know your sins are forgiven and your home in eternity in heaven with Christ is assured. If that's you in this place, you'd say today, yeah. Pastor, I want to pray that prayer of faith today. Would you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Just shoot it up, hold it up long enough for me to see your hand. Yeah. Anyone else? You'd say, yeah, that's me. Yeah, would you pray with me today? Today's my day of decision. Just going to give you another moment. It's the best decision I believe you could ever make. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Come on, church. Let's pray all together with those who raised their hands this morning. Pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus. My life is yours, my full surrender. I trust you because I believe that you died and you rose again so I could be forgiven, free. I make you the Lord of my life. Help me follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together for those who just prayed that prayer? Come on, like you've never done it before. Come on.